Well, good morning. How's everybody this morning? That was really wimpy. I said, how's everybody this morning? Hold on just a minute. But I'm going to ask you to do something for me that's really self-serving. Each of you could give me a $100 bill. No, that wasn't it. Um, I would like for you all to wave at me just from, not right now, just in a minute. You're, I like the eagerness. Uh, but my wife's not able to be here today. Um, her father's in hospice at home where they live, and uh, they didn't think he'd make it through the night. And um, it's just a real tough time right now for everybody, and she really would want to be here. So I want to be able to say to her, you all missed her. <laughs> so in when I raise my phone, um, I want you to wave. Would you do that for me? All right.
Thank you. <laughs> well, this is 4th of July Sunday, and my message isn't a patriotic one. It's more focused on um, our series for Family Fun Days. But there are a couple of things that I want you to be aware of. I just been thinking about the land of the free and the home of the brave. In just a moment, we're going to sing the Star Spangled Banner. And when we do, um, I'm old school, so I brought out a flag so that you can face it, not have to look around. I'm going to ask for everyone to remove your hats. I'm going to ask for you to put your hand on your heart. Um, if you kneel in protest, I'm going to ask you to leave. It's that simple. That's who I am. I didn't plan to say that. It just slipped out of my mouth. And um, I understand that there can be people from different countries that join us. I get that. But I think everyone who's in our country should be able to celebrate what our country stands for. And the last phrase took a new meaning on for me today. As I was thinking about this song. Oh, say... Does that star-spangled banner still wave? Or the land of the free and the home of the brave? That's a question today more worth asking than it's ever been in my lifetime. There are forces at work, and you can talk about a broken political system, but we can still make noise. We can still influence. Platforms matter. And our ancestors are saying to us this morning, Oh say, does that star-spangled banner that we bled and died for, gave our lives for, that we built in the beginning of this nation, does that star-spangled banner still wave? Yeah. Yeah. And to the next generation, our legacy will be, the star-spangled banner on our watch was still waving. Make sure it stays waving in your generation. And if we don't champion that, we will fail. The Bible says in um, Psalm chapter 11, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? The New Living Translation says it this way. The, when the foundations of law and order have collapsed... When the foundations of law and order have collapsed, what can the righteous do? Well, I'll tell you what we can do. We can stand on both feet and say, Jesus is still Lord. Bible values still matter. And we are what's right with America, not what's wrong with America. And let our voice be heard. Don't take it for granted. I want to look back at my past and say, yes, the star-spangled banner still waves. And I want to say to the generation that's coming, stand for righteousness, stand for truth, because I believe the nation whose God is the Lord is the only nation that will be blessed, and we need to carry that heritage in the future. How many are with me this morning? Amen. To the next generation. So would you stand with me? Again, remove your hats, hand on your heart, military salute, whatever you do, but please respond in some fashion appropriately while Nathan leads us in the Star Spangled Banner. Oh, 
But as I look around the globe, I am still glad to be an American. And I'm going to let my voice be heard. Amen. You can be seated. A couple of announcements so that I don't forget. This whole event is, our team has worked really hard. This may not look like a lot of work, but there is an immense amount of work into the sound system. All that happened, we've dialogued with the city to make sure that we're okay. So I want you to give it up for the entire staff, all the work that they've done to make this happen today. I also want to specially thank Pastor Kevin. Is he out here somewhere? Where's Pastor Kevin? Has coordinated. He is our pastor of uh, community engagement, and he's done the bulk of the work to make all of the arrangements. So give a big thank you to Pastor Kevin this morning. So how will this work after? I'm going to preach a shorter sermon. Please don't clap. (laughs) To give time for us to fellowship. But I do believe on Sunday that worship and the preaching of the word should not take a back seat to festivities. I believe it should still be in the front seat. But after we're done in between, we are providing for you free one ice cream um, over here from over the top and one pulled pork sandwich from over here. How do you get that? Please send one person from your group to the table to get a ticket, a ticket for each member of your group. And why do you have to have a ticket? Because that's how we pay them. They'll keep track of those. After everyone has gone through and got their one, if you want to go back and buy a truckload, you can do that. But let's get everybody through with their freebies before we do that. That makes sense, all right? Is that good? Yeah, and you can, why don't we, so that we don't have to worry about that, Let's go ahead and sit that back inside, and we'll bring it back out, second service. Ron, can we take that back inside? Go ahead and take it back inside so we don't have to worry about it falling over. That'd be horrible. There are people who would like it to fall over. It's not happening here. Not on my watch. So get your ticket and uh, enjoy some food. The inflatables will be up. The train will be running. 
grab a ticket, one from your group, go get your food, and uh, afterwards you can get as much as you want. Does that make sense? All right. Well, we're starting a new series for Super Sunday Family Fun Days. And just to let you relax, the Word of God and the anointing of the Spirit is not dependent on a suit and tie. <laughs> I would be able to ask, can you preach that way? Oh, brother, this way I preach longer. It's freeing. And I will tell you that for Super Sunday Family Fun Days, in and out of the building, the tie and coat's going away. I'm not trying to play that game this year, so just get used to this. And if you have a problem with that, repent, oh ye evil ones. So just get over that. Things you were taught in school that aren't true. I in no way mean this to demean our teachers. Do we have teachers here this morning? Where are our teachers? Want our teachers to stand up. Give them a big hand. They are in the battlefield on the front line of culture. We value you and we champion you. So this doesn't reflect on teachers at all. It reflects on culture. When culture tells us something is true, I want to demonstrate to you over the next four weeks that you cannot trust what culture says today. You can trust what the word of God says today. We've been taught things that aren't true. And the first one that we'll be exploring a little bit this week is uh, how many of you have heard about the tongue map? Well, so let's go on to next week's message. <laughs> the diagram of the tongue with different sections neatly cordoned off for different taste receptors. Sweet in the front, salty and sour on the side, bitter at the back. Now, how many have seen that? They've told us, yeah, you can. and I've tried that. I've tried to put sweet things on one side, salty things on the other, rub it around. And that is absolutely not true. Your tongue does its job all working together to taste food. And so when they told us all that, I don't know. That goes back to a, an idea somebody had in like 1911. And we just accepted it as truth, and it's not. The tongue performs an amazing job. Eating, drinking, sucking, chewing, grinding, pressing, salivating, swallowing, tasting, touching, speaking, and defending are what your tongue does. It can extend, contract, raise, lower, bend backwards, rounding, or hollowing, and plays a major role in body language. For example, what does this mean? It communicates on its own. The tongue is made of three-dimensional muscles, can move in all directions with blood and, and a large nervous system. The muscles run from front to back, from side to side, and from top to bottom. The muscles have an oblong, oblong shape and are covered with a dense layer of connective tissue. Above this layer, a special kind of mucous membrane makes up the surface of the tongue. And we even use it in common language when we say, that I have something on the tip of my tongue, or I'm binding my tongue, or I'm speaking tongue-in-cheek. It's wrapped up in everything we do. It also serves as a protector. While its primary job is to taste, it's to protect you. It will tell you that you should eat pecan pie and you should not eat liver and onions. Hallelujah. It's trying to warn you. Some of you need to start listening to your tongue. It's a wonderful organ. There's a movie, a cartoon. How many of you have seen Ratatouille? The enlightened ones have seen Ratatouille. And Ratatouille talks about food. It's phenomenal. Someone that finally gets me. 
said that food is a symphony on your tongue. So I hope some of you can come into the enlightened age and understand just how wonderful that organ of taste is, the symphony on your tongue. When uh, my wife loves Disney, loves to go to Orlando and go to all of the all of the um, all of the rides and the roller coasters and all of that, and I just want you to know what my favorite part of Disney is. It's Epcot during food festival. My favorite ride is a park bench and a funnel cake. Just if you want to know. The tongue serves a tremendous purpose, but we've been lied to. We've been lied to in how it works. It doesn't function in that way. So this morning, what I want to challenge you with for just a few minutes are some things that spiritually your tongue needs to taste. And we need to taste all of the word of God, not just sour and bitter and sweet and salty, but we need to taste it all. And there's some things that the Bible says that we need to taste. Are you ready? Here they are. Number one, we need to taste that the Lord is good. Come on, help me this morning. You can still shout outside that the Lord is good. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 3, as we were journeying through 1 Peter, like newborn babes crave pure spiritual milk so that by it you may grow up into salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. What is our motivation for spiritual growth? People talk about, I saw a meme on Facebook and it said um, about God creating hell and then sending people there because they didn't you know, follow all of his instructions. They just missed the whole point. I'm not serving Jesus because I'm afraid of going hell to hell. I'm serving Jesus because I've tasted. I said I've tasted. <laughs> I said I've tasted. And the Lord is good. It's not an intellectual exercise. It's not something you study into. It's something that you experience. People who don't believe that the Lord is good have never tasted. They've never been in the place of experiencing the goodness of God. What are those good things? How many of you know what it feels like to have your sins forgiven? That load of guilt rolls off your back to have hope in the morning, to have peace in the midst of the storm, to have joy in the middle of tragedy. It's what God does. And the only way to explain it is it's experiential. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The Bible says in Psalm 34, verse 8, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Psalm 100, for the Lord is good. Why? His love endures forever. Psalm 145, the Lord is good to all and has compassion on all he has made. Jeremiah 33, the Lord is good. His love endures forever. I will restore the fortunes of the land as they were before. Lamentations 325, the Lord is good to those who put their hope in him. Nahum 17, the Lord is good refuge in time of trouble. It's a constant theme in scripture that the Lord is good. And for those of you that are discouraged and struggling and maybe wondering about faith and how it all works, stop thinking about it and start tasting. And you will discover that the Lord is good. Taste and see, experience, come alongside. The Lord is good. Second, I want you to consider that the word of God is good. Taste and see that the word of God is good. In Hebrews chapter 6, when it talks about those who can't be renewed to repentance, it talks about those who have tasted the goodness of the word of God. God's word tastes good. 
Um, some years ago, I may have shared this story before, when I was in Bible college, I worked at a golf course. I wasn't the golf pro, I was the lawnmower. Well, I wasn't a lawnmower. I drove a lawnmower. I didn't want you to get the wrong idea. And eight hours a day, you're mowing fairways. And I mowed greens, and I mowed the rough. I did mowed everything that could be mowed out there. And it was one of the most boring jobs I've ever had. Now, that may seem exciting. A big, bright red Toro uh, nine-gang mower with big octopus arms that lifts it up and puts it down, and you're going up and down the fairway. That was exciting for about an hour and a half. And then you get nine fairways done and you start over and do them again. So I had a milk crate on there and had stuff in it. And I had um, a a ring of note cards in there that I would use to memorize scripture while I was riding the mower and mowing grass. And one night I left it in the milk cart. I forgot all about it. And my, my boss, the park superintendent, walked up to me the next morning and said, what are these? And I said, they're Bible verses. And he said, what are you doing with them? I'm memorizing them. And he said to me, I took these home last night. I read every one of them, and not one of them made any sense to me. I said, well, there's a clear answer to that. I'm just like, I'm, I'm 20 years old, and uh, what's the answer to that? I said, the Bible tells us that the natural man can't understand the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him. Neither can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. The reason you can't understand it is you're spiritually dead. And you need to invite Jesus into your life and let him make you new. And when you've tasted that the Lord is good, you can taste, I'm adding to it now, you can taste that the word of God is good. You'll understand it when you know him. And he said, I think it's time for you to mow that first fairway. (laughs) Never did get to lead him to Jesus. But I've discovered in times of struggle and sorrow that the word of God is my comfort. In times of confusion, the word of God is my direction. In times of despair, it lifts me out of that struggle. The word of God cleanses, washes, identifies, and keeps us from sin. It is alive and active and discerning. It's a lamp for our path, an unshakable foundation. It is life and light. It is right and true. It is living and powerful. It is a sword. It will not return to God empty. It refreshes the soul. It heals the body. It rescues from the grave. It endures forever. Oh, taste and see that the word of God is good. I'm glad three of you believe that. So how does the word of God taste to you? How does it taste to you? <laughs> my son-in-law was over. We had a birthday party for my, uh, their, their son, my grandson, Jotham. And he made, he made um, um, those pecan candies, you know, those glazed pecans. We have some left. My wife hit them in the microwave. Every time I walk by the microwave, this is what I hear. Psst, we're still here. Psst, we're still here. (laughs) You know, I love those things. And because I love them, I can't wait to get another one. Come on, is there anyone in the house right now? If you can put your Bible down and never have a draw to read it or look into it or feast on it, you haven't tasted that the Word of God is good. We need to experience the goodness of the Word of God when it strengthens and helps and empowers you. I have a, a cousin, I'm sorry, a nephew named Eric. And Eric will tell you that for much of his life, 
he was a he was a, a raw sinner. I mean, he just did whatever he wanted to do. In a marriage that fell apart and all the trouble that went with this. And a few years ago, when the marriage hit a horrible place, ended in divorce, as a young man, he went to his room, sat down on the bed, and began to cry. He said, first time in my life I felt that level of despair. And I remembered that there was a New Testament somewhere in the house. And he found it under his uh, stepdaughter's bed. He said, I didn't know what to do. I just opened it and began to read. And I don't understand it. Maybe you can explain it to me. But the more I read, the more comfortable and calm I became. The more I read, I began to believe there was hope. The more I read, I thought there must be an answer here some way. What do I need to do? And talked to him about giving his life to Jesus. But I'm telling you, there is power. Does anybody believe that? There is power in the word of God. How many testimonies have been heard? I know that we used to have some Gideons that attended Berean. Are there any Gideons this morning that give out Bibles? I'm telling you, you hear stories. Thank you. We hear stories all the time about a Bible in a drawer in a hotel room. I was at the end of my journey. I was at the end of my life. I felt like ending it all. And I pulled out that Gideon Bible and began to read and God touched my life. Why? Because I've tasted that the word of God is good. Come on, somebody help me this morning. The word of God is good. It's delicious. It is wonderful. Spend some time there. Soak on it. Dwell in it. Let it speak to you. Third, I've tasted that the heavenly gift is good. <laughs> I've tasted that the heavenly gift is good. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 4. Again, the same context as verse 5. About those who have once tasted the good things of God and have drifted away. He's talking about salvation. Who have tasted the heavenly gift. All my life long, the song goes, I had... Uh, panted for a drink from some cool spring. And it goes on to say, when I found him, hallelujah, when I found him, he satisfies. I just, I just wish, I wish you could, I wish you could make people get saved. I wish I had a salvation dart gun. See some heathen stand there and you just go, fall on their knees and repent because once you've tasted of the heavenly gift it's never the same after that my son got a little upset with me a few years ago I'd been telling him how good pecan pie was and he said I don't like nuts and he wouldn't taste it he wouldn't he wouldn't try it one day we're at a restaurant and I said here just try a taste of this pecan pie so he took a bite of it and he loved it. And he said, why have you been holding this back from me? I figured if he liked it and I liked it, there might be more in the house. And the world is filled with people like that. Why didn't you tell me? Why haven't you shared it with me? The Lord is good. Salvation is a wonderful experience. It doesn't take, come on, does it take away your joy? 
Does it take away your fun? Does it take away your freedom? No, it doesn't do any of that. If it does anything, it amplifies it. It exalts it. It makes it greater and bigger and more wonderful. Oh, taste and see the heavenly gift and see what it does. But it doesn't stop with the heavenly gift. It goes on to tell us that every gift from God tastes good. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, if you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? He only gives good gifts. It's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Spirit in that particular text. But the reality of that is he has a gift for you. I've had people say to me, well, Pastor, if I ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what if I get something else? You won't get something else. You'll only get a good gift from God. Come on, someone help me this morning. You only get a good gift from him. James tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variables, neither shadow of turning. He gives good gifts. Every gift of God. God is a good gift. That's all that he gives. So taste the gifts. It doesn't stop with salvation. All of that, all that he has for us is available in our relationship to him. No, we, we need to celebrate the good gifts. So what should you taste? The Lord should taste good to you. The word should taste good to you. The gifts of God should taste good to you. But there's one thing no one should ever have to taste. No one should have to taste death. Spiritual death. In Hebrews chapter 2 verse 9, But we see Jesus, who is made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honor, because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. The Bible describes, and I'm, I'm not going to try to just delve into my own story and all of that, but I probably understand more the last two weeks than I've ever really understood in my life how death is that final enemy. It doesn't play nice. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It doesn't play nice. It strips it steals. It takes it all away. Dignity can be lost. Being able, my father-in-law, who was basically a self-made man, no one helped him do anything, did it all on his own, and is now bedfast and can't do anything for himself. And I've watched how it debilitates and it destroys. And that's a horrible thing. But at the resurrection, the final enemy will be destroyed. And 1 Corinthians says that enemy is death. One day, death's going to get what's coming to it. Hello? One day, death's going to get what's coming to it. But there's a more threatening enemy, and that's the second death. And what this verse is talking about is not that he suffered physical death so you wouldn't have to. It's appointed that a man wants to die, and after this, the judgment. But he tasted spiritual death, descended into hell, conquered death, hell, and the grave, and came out victorious so that no one, no one has to go there. No one should have to taste spiritual death. And so this morning, I just want to issue a call to all of you, wherever you are. I want you to taste the good things, but I really don't want you to taste the damning thing, spiritual death.
So just for a moment, Pastor Nathan, if you'll come, with no one looking around, with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, I want to ask this question. Are you here this morning without faith in Jesus Christ? You can't taste that all things are good till you are free from that taste of death, that horrible taste in the mouth. And if you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior, no one's looking around. I know it's outdoors. No one's looking around. Would you just slip your hand up so I could pray for you? Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Anyone else this morning? I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I want everyone to pray this prayer out loud. And if you raise your hand or whether you didn't raise your hand and you pray this prayer, it's not magical. It's not the words of the prayer. It's the meaning behind it. You can pray it in your own way. But you're basically asking Jesus to come into your life. Pray with me out loud, everyone, please. Dear Lord Jesus, I recognize I've failed. And I need your forgiveness. I believe that you died on the cross so that my sins could be forgiven. I believe that you rose from the dead so that I could have newness of life. I receive you today as my personal Savior. I believe that my sins are forgiven and I trust you as Lord of my life. And I promise to serve you every day for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's give praise to God this morning. If you prayed that prayer and meant it, a new life has begun in you, and we want to walk alongside you. We want to walk with you. But we also want to identify with you. And if, if you would let us know, either in a note or on the website, that you prayed that prayer, we'd like to come alongside and assist you. But the primary issue is to get involved with the people of God. But I do want to make one other challenge to you this morning. In my lifetime, no disease has ravaged our culture as much as COVID has. And there are a lot of symptoms that went along with that. Tragic consequences for some. But they said one of the surefire indications that you have COVID is when you lose your sense of taste. <laughs> That'd be a horrible thing. <laughs> to lose your sense of taste. I think there are people in the church today that have a spiritual form of COVID and they've forgotten how good he tastes. It's a good word. Does Jesus taste good to you? Does the word of God taste good to you? Do the gifts of God taste good to you? You might need to be healed in your spiritual tongue so one more time would you heads bowed eyes closed say pastor I've lost my sense of spiritual taste and I need God to renew that and redeem that restore that and give me back a sense of taste either for him for his word for his gifts I need to hunger for him again I need to be able to taste the good things of God I've lost that passion I've lost that desire 
No one looking around. Just lift up your hand so I can pray for you this morning. Thank you. Hold your hand up quickly. Just hold your hand up. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Anyone else quickly this morning? I need my, yes, thank you. I need that sense of taste restored. Jesus, right now, I ask you to sweep over this gathered congregation. I ask, oh God, that you would restore our desire for you, that you would restore our sense of taste, that we would once again celebrate how good you taste, how good your word tastes, how good your gifts are. God, give us a fresh taste of your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. Pastor Nathan's going to lead us in closing worship. For all that you've done, we will pour out our love. This will be our anthem song. Sing, Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we Jesus, we love. 